0: you're listening to the Words of Hope, a ministry of Hope Church, Trenton, Georgia. It's our prayer and mission to share the hope that can only be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for listening, and may you too find hope in Christ. morning hope church I do want to point out that the idea came for the books the galatian scripture notebooks from the ladies I want to give them credit then the elders shamelessly stole the idea and said we will do this for the whole church so if you want to give credit Let it land with the ladies' ministry, because it was their idea. Great idea. If you're a visitor here with us, please feel free to to take one of those. Um, We want those to be available to you. This morning, I'm very excited. I hope you are, too. Turn with me in your New Testament to the book of Galatians. You will find it in roughly the middle of your New Testament just after the book of 2 Corinthians, Galatians chapter 1. This morning things will be a little different um, as we're going to introduce this book, introduce the themes, the thematic elements that will stand out to us. But before we get into the book, there are some things that I feel that are necessary to share with you and that you will know. The book of Galatians has been called the Magna Carta of Christian freedom. It has been called the Declaration of the Believer's Independence. It was the chief battle cry of the Protestant Reformation. And whether you know it or not, the book of Galatians has profoundly affected your life because it changed Western culture forever. This book is priceless. It is a treasure beyond compare. The truths that are declared in its pages are eternal truths that men and women have died believing and died protecting. It is divinely inspired. It is a word from God that declares to us that in Jesus Christ we are free. We are set free. So the theme of this book is freedom. It is freedom. Specifically the thrust that Paul is going to make and that we will come to again and again as we study this book is this. Through faith alone, in Christ alone, the believing sinner has been set free from the dominion of sin, from the curse of the law, and this hits close to home, from the tyranny of religion. We have been set free from the dominion of sin, from the curse of the law. And from the tyranny of religion, we are no longer slaves. That is the cry of Galatians. We are no longer slaves. In this book, we learn that we who were once slaves to sin have been emancipated. Paul declares in the book of Galatians chapter 2, he says, For through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are identified with Christ. Our sins were fully dealt with on the cross and we have been freed from the dominion of sin. In Christ, for the very first time, it is possible to say no to the dictates of your sinful nature. Before you knew Christ, you were enslaved and you did not say no. Now in Christ, you are free. Brothers and sisters, the dominion of sin has been broken in Christ and we are no longer slaves. But we have also been freed from the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide in all things written in the book of the law, and do them. If we are saved by law, we better make sure we never break it. If you want to be righteous through the law, you must be perfectly righteous. The curse of the law is that when one sins, one has broken the entire law, is guilty of all of it, and stands under the judgment of God. He goes on to say, Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous will live by faith. Before we knew Christ, we were under the curse of the law. And the curse says... Whoever does not keep the law is a lawbreaker. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the curse of death and judgment is on all sinners. I have a word of peace to you. We are no longer under the curse of the law. Christ became a curse for us when he died on the cross in our place and he rose from the dead. In Galatians, we will learn the purpose of the law, how the law affects our lives. But we have also been freed from the tyranny of religion. And I know that this hits home for many of us. Some of you have come out of very religious backgrounds that were highly legalistic. We know that. It could have been before you came to Christ. You were under a system of works that sought to please a deity or God so that you may be right before Him. It could be after you came to Christ and you were in a religious system that said you may be righteous before God, but it is by faith plus something, anything the truth is that we have been set free from the tyranny of religion, from the tyranny of seeking to establish our own righteousness through Christ. So my goal in Galatians is that we may know that Jesus is enough. We are not under the law We are not under the dominion of sin and we do not have to seek Him by doing religious ritual. That's dangerous. He is righteous enough and through faith alone in Him we are given perfect, complete righteousness. That's the gospel. Far too often, far too often we create for ourselves a religious system and we put ourselves under observances that do nothing but compound our guilt before God and pamper our flesh to indulge in its sins. We all have rules, don't we? Maybe we grew up under a system of rules, religious rules. And what you found was you were inevitably drawn to breaking them. That's because rules can never deal with your sin nature. So maybe you were part of a system like that. Maybe you have believed that strict religious observances and rituals are gaining you merit before God. Or maybe you know better, but you have been trapped in a system for a long time and it is hard to break free. And you can't shake yourself from the baggage and from just the hocus pocus of it all. Galatians is the cure. In Galatians, we learn that we are free. Paul will say, "Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Did God give you His Holy Spirit and save you because you did something? Or did He give His Holy Spirit to you, call you to Himself, give you new life in Christ because of what His Son has done on the cross and you received Him by faith? It makes all the difference in the world. That is the difference between the gospel of Christ and every other false gospel or religion that there is. Paul would simply say to us, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. As we begin Galatians, I need to give you a warning. I need to warn you. The book of Galatians is a polemic. That means in Galatians, Paul is aggressively attacking an error that has invaded the churches of Galatia. Now, in our 21st century American culture, we don't like conflict. And we definitely don't like for anybody to tell anybody else that they are wrong for what they believe. But the gospel is at stake. The gospel is at stake in this book. So it has a tone that is unique in the New Testament. It has a tone that is unique to Paul's letters. I need you to know that when Paul writes this letter, he is angry. He is upset. He pronounces a double condemnation of hell against those who would pervert the gospel of grace. He calls the Galatians foolish multiple times. Multiple times. He uses sarcasm, abrasive language. Even off-color language. At one point, to those who were preaching salvation by circumcision, he even goes so far as to say that he wishes that they would just go on and emasculate themselves. This is a harsh, harsh book. I do not want the tone of our overall treatment of this book to be harsh. But we need to understand that Paul is attacking error. So he begins the letter with no condemnation, no prayer. He doesn't say anything good about the Galatians. He goes right to work. So before we begin, let's just talk about historical background for a minute. Galatians was written for a specific purpose. Paul and Barnabas, on their first missionary journey into what we know of as Turkey, it was called Asia Minor in those days, They began doing something completely unheard of. They started sharing the gospel with Gentiles. And the Gentiles believed. And the Gentiles were born again. And the Gentiles received the same Holy Spirit that the apostles and the believers received on the day of Pentecost. They were made part of the one body of Christ. So Paul goes through the region of Galatia sharing the gospel. They see him and Barnabas perform signs and wonders that authenticate his message. They are saved, truly saved. They set up churches in these towns. Then Paul and Barnabas leave and return back home to Antioch. And soon after they leave, men show up and they say, You know that Paul guy? He's almost right. Jesus is the Messiah. He did die for you. He did rise again. And we must believe in Him. But He left something crucial out of His message. You men, you Gentile men, must be circumcised and you must keep the law of Moses. Beloved, is that the gospel? It is not the gospel. So the truth of the gospel is at stake. Paul hears about these false teachers who have infiltrated the church. And by the way, the Galatians accepted it. They spurned the gospel of free grace and started believing a gospel of works, a gospel of religion, a gospel of ritual observance, A gospel of legalism. We have been set free. We are no longer under the dominion of sin. We are no longer under the curse of the law. We are no longer under the tyranny of religion through Christ. So this morning, with the time I have left, and I know that was a long introduction, I just want to cover the first 5 verses of Galatians chapter 1 and just introduce this letter. This is the salutation. This is the greeting. This is the way letters were started. And in this, we're going to see some valuable truth as we seek to go through this book. So Galatians chapter 1, we're going to I'm going to give you 5 rather four main headings. The man, the mission, the message, And the motive. We're just going to hang our thoughts on those words as we walk through this. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Can we just pray together and honor God's word? Father, we love you. We love your word. Open our eyes, open our hearts that we may see. And here, give me words to speak, and may you touch all of us in a special way. Conform us to your image. Draw us to Christ. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. The man, the mission, the message, and the motive. So let's look at the man. Galatians 1, 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. So it wasn't very long after Paul left Galatia. Uh, There are a handful of cities that are there. We're going to talk about those. It wasn't long until these men showed up. And they claimed to be representatives of the Apostle James from the church in Jerusalem. James is none other than the brother of the Lord Jesus, and he served with along with Peter uh, and John as the leaders of the Jerusalem church. They came and they preached a message that was radically different than the free grace gospel that Paul preached. Their goal was that the church would remain Jewish. This was a distortion of the gospel. So they come to Galatia, and the first thing they have to do is they have to undermine Paul's teaching. This was not a believe in Jesus' gospel. This was a believe in Jesus' and gospel. They advocated ceremony. They advocated ritual. And the gospel that had been believed by the Galatians was a gospel based on grace, So the first thing that they attacked was Paul's apostleship. They came along and they said, you know, Peter is an apostle. James is an apostle. John, Matthew, Andrew, Thomas, Thaddeus, Bartholomew, all these guys, they are apostles. But who is this Paul? He wasn't with Jesus. He didn't walk with Jesus for three years. Jesus never named him as an apostle. He's not a true apostle. He's lying to you. But we, we're connected to James in Jerusalem. We have a connection to the apostles. So they attacked his apostleship. Paul answers that charge right away as he begins this gospel, or he begins this book. He says, Paul, an apostle, and he immediately says, not from men nor through man. It builds a contrast using prepositional phrases that his apostleship, his position in Christ as the apostle to the Gentiles did not come out of man and it did not come through man. Paul doesn't need Peter's permission to preach the gospel. He doesn't need the affirmation of the apostles in Jerusalem. Paul was divinely commissioned and given his gospel message by none other than Jesus Christ himself. Paul will go on to discuss in this book how he had a personal revelation of Jesus while he was in the Arabian wilderness and he received his gospel message. So that's a contrast. I didn't get my apostleship from Peter, James, and John, Paul is saying. I was made an apostle by none other than the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ himself. Paul is reminding the Galatians that he is just as much an apostle of Jesus Christ as Peter, James, John, or any of the others. They had heard his words, they had seen signs and wonders that were done by his hands, and they had believed the gospel, and as a result, they had received the Holy Spirit. The Galatians themselves were the proof of Paul's apostleship. Secondly, they attacked his gospel. They say, you know, we like Paul's gospel. We like that he talks about Jesus. We like that he talks about Jesus dying for sin, but that's not enough. It's insufficient. You must believe and keep the law of Moses the ceremonies, the precepts, the rituals, the rules, the regulations. You must do this to be saved and to be a part of the church. Paul's answer is forceful. He says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Don't listen to those guys. Paul will go on to point out that he received his gospel from Christ, and it was a gospel of sheer grace. Sheer grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor in the face of divine wrath, and that is what we receive. If we have to do a work to be saved, it is not of grace and it's not of God. The gospel is a faith alone gospel. It's not faith plus some religious ritual, it's not faith plus grandma and grandpa's rules. And it's not faith and plus what some preacher says. It is faith in Christ alone. He is enough. So Paul defends his apostleship and he is the man. So let's look at the mission to the churches of Galatia. Paul writes to churches. He writes to the church at Corinth. He writes to the church at Ephesus. He writes to the church at Philippi. Galatians is a little different. Galatians is written to churches in a region, the Roman province of Galatia. If you read Acts chapter 14, 13, 14, that's the first missionary journey, Paul will name those cities. It's a city called Antioch in Pisidia, Derbe, Lystra. Those are the Galatian cities. Paul goes to those. He does amazing signs and wonders. But what is Paul's mission? Paul lived to share the gospel. He lived to share the gospel. I would encourage you to read that section of Acts that describes the events that took place when Paul and Barnabas planted the churches in Galatia. They came into Galatia, people were healed. Miracles were done. Many were saved, but the, the apostles were continually persecuted by the Jews who wanted the church, the Gentiles, to be under the law. At one point, they go into a city and they are worshipped as gods. They call them Hermes and Zeus. And that very day before the day had set, the Jews had convinced the people to drag Paul out of the city and stone him to death. Being left for dead, he arose and went right back to preaching the gospel. Why go through all of that? Why go through that? Paul is on a mission. He lives to share the gospel. He says to the Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also the Greek, and the heart of Paul's gospel is that the Jews and the Greeks, the Gentiles, are saved in the very same way. There is not a faith plus works gospel for the Jews and a faith only gospel for the Gentiles. It is faith in Jesus for all. told the elders at the church of Ephesus the last time he would ever speak with them he says i do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only i may finish my course and the ministry that i received from the lord jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of god paul was an apostle he was jesus's apostle to the gentiles And he shared the gospel faithfully. But what was his message? Galatians 1, 3, and 4. And here is the message that starts this amazing book. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. The gospel is at the very heart of Paul's message as he starts this book. And he opens the letter with the common greeting. Grace to you and peace. Now in first century, that's the way you started a letter in this world where Jews and Gentiles live together. You would say grace, karate to the Greeks. But you would say shalom, peace to the Hebrews, to the Jews. This is much more than a greeting. To those who know Christ... This is gospel. Because grace is the foundation of all that we receive, and peace is the result. Paul writes to the Galatians, he says, grace and peace to you, and what he is saying is, because God has shown you grace, you may have peace. Romans 5 1 says that since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. So when Christians see that greeting, grace to you and peace, we think of the grace that brings salvation and the peace that salvation brings. That's worthy of worship. So the message is the gospel. He is championing the gospel in his first few words. Grace to you and peace He speaks of Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. He is speaking of the atonement, the cross work of Jesus Christ, the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ on which the gospel rests. He gave himself for our sins. A substitute, a worthy substitute has stood in our place and borne our sins and absorbed the wrath of God for us. I'm about to be very offensive. Fair warning. Whenever anyone, anyone, I don't care how nice they are, how sincere they are, how well-dressed they are, how polite they are when they knock on your door and ask to talk to you about Jesus Christ and they present a gospel that is laced with condemning works. They are servants of Satan. I don't care how nice they are. They present to you a gospel of hell. When anyone adds works to the gospel, they are declaring to God and to the world around them that Jesus is not enough. Hey, believe and follow our program. They're saying Jesus is not enough. Believe and be baptized. That's saying that Jesus is not enough. Believe and follow our dress code, that's saying Jesus is not enough. Hope church, we stand against that. The motive. What is Paul's motive? Galatians one chapter chapter one verse five. To whom Be the glory forever and ever. Everything is for God's glory. God's purpose in everything he does is doxological. Doxa is the word for glory. God is out for his own glory. And you might say, well, that's really prideful and selfish. Not if you're God. If you are God, you deserve it. God is glorified when the pure gospel of grace is preached. God is glorified when sinners are redeemed. God is glorified when people are born again. But God is not glorified when a false gospel of works is tolerated amongst His people. I can't be any more clear than that. If we would tolerate a gospel of works, a gospel of ritual, a gospel of religion, we are not glorifying God. What was the motive of these false teachers? Paul will elaborate on that later on in this book. Their motive was to avoid persecution. They were actually ex-members of the party of the Pharisees. And they did not want to be persecuted for coming to Christ. So they wanted the church, the Gentile church, to look more Jewish so we don't be persecuted by the Jews. That doesn't glorify God. That dishonors Him. So what? In Galatians, Paul Fights for a clear gospel as followers of Christ we must understand that gospel we must understand the gospel we are not saved by grace and we are not saved by grace plus we are saved by grace alone we have been set free. You are not under obligation to keep rituals to gain favor with God. One who kept the law fully has given himself for you and is ready, willing, and able to credit you with his righteousness. Do you think our rituals, our good deeds can compete with that? I don't. I don't. Are you walking in the freedom of the gospel or are you walking in bondage to sin or religious legalism? That's the question. And again and again and again through this book we are going to be challenged to look at what we are believing and how we are walking. Are we walking in grace through the Holy Spirit? I want you guys to know That Paul is going to tell us that through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we can obey God. We are not in bondage. Here's the final question that I want to ask, and our worship team can come back up. Do you believe the gospel? do you believe the gospel? Because what we're going to learn next week is there is only one gospel. Or are you believing a cheap counterfeit? Are you believing that, yeah, Jesus died for me, but He needs my help? The gospel is that Jesus is all and He has done all. And he calls us to faith in him, a faith that results in a new birth, a faith that results in an indwelling and sealing of the Holy Spirit in which he walks with us, conforming himself, conforming us to his image. The bondage to sin has been broken through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross And anyone may freely reach out and have forgiveness of sins through faith. So do you believe this gospel? If you do not, he is calling you today to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Embrace him as the sacrifice for your sin and the Lord of your life and receive his forgiveness. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you so much for the grace and the mercy that you have shown us in Christ. Father, I pray that you would draw sinners to yourself. I pray that you would draw us to cling to your gospel, to to the grace that was shown to us. And may we be like Paul. May we stand against any gospel that would have someone bound and sin. We glorify you. We honor you.